Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion. Championship team. This Ace Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Check out their spring collection. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right. Boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of A's Cast Live coming to you from the treehouse. It is happy hour. We are going to be here all the way up till we send it over to A's Total Access at 630. We've got drink. Six. Six? 640 game. Oh, I'm still used to 707. <laughs> uh, we will have drink specials. We are going to have prizes to give away. Uh, we're going to have Amelia Schimmel's going to be here. Ruby Lopez is going to be here. We have prizes to give away. I forgot to say up my press pass, by the way. Hold on. We're going to have a bunch of guests here. Yes, it's hard to believe that uh, you walk around here and still need a press pass. Yeah, people don't know who we are still? Still don't, and I, I don't know if there's that many people to decipher from, but yes, we still need to wear a press pass if you can believe that. What I wanted to see today is check the lineup to see what kind of lineup we were going to have because would you throw out your splits against Hunter Brown, the guy who's going tonight? It's like mini Verlander when you watch him. He's not totally like Verlander. Verlander, I, I would say – from what I've seen, I haven't checked their height and weight. Verlander probably is a little taller than Hunter Brown. I don't know. How tall is Hunter Brown? Verlander is what, 6'5"? Yeah, I think Ver- Verlander is 6'5", and Hunter Brown is 6'... Of course, I have to go to an actual page. 6'2". So I was right. He's three inches taller. But his mannerisms, his, and I wouldn't say his mannerisms, mannerisms his mechanics are very similar. 
Obviously, he was influenced by Verlander, no question about it. And when you look at what he's got going this year, having a fantastic year, 4-1 with a 3.20 ERA. He recently just pitched against the Athletics where he had a career-high nine strikeouts. But the thing about Brown is that his stuff plays better against left-handed hitters. So I'm curious to see in the lineup Ruiz right-handed, but note is left-handed. Rooker, Brown, but maybe I've called for a set lineup. Maybe we're going to start to see it. But there's Carlos Perez. There's Ramon Laureano. There's Aletmus Diaz. So clearly the front office and Mark Kotze today looked at the same numbers we're looking at, that Brown struggles against right-handers. They've got a 296 batting average against him in 2023 versus lefties who are batting a buck 90. So Hunter Brown has dominated. So looking at the lineup tonight, uh, you're going to see a lot more right-handed hitters. But I just wonder, with Seth Brown coming back into the fold, and Seth Brown, even though Seth Brown hasn't been around a long time, and you're going to hear from Mark Kotze today, the Mark Kotze Show brought to you by Ness Betting. You look at a situation where Seth Brown really is the guy, the de facto leader. He's the guy that has been around. He was around the, the last group that was here that had terrific leadership. Whether you look at Matt Chapman, you look at Matt Olson, you look at Marcus Simeon, that group with Mark Cannon, these guys. And Seth Brown was around them, not only as a teammate, but he was around them during spring training. So he is kind of the guy that's been around and remembers – He'd be the only guy, right? Oh, Paul Blackburn. Other than Paul Blackburn and Seth Brown, Ramon Laureano. But well, La- yeah. Ramon Laureano, you got to call it as you see it, has been a shell of himself since he was popped for PEDs. But there are a couple guys that have been around here since the team was last winning, and the main guy in that, obviously, is Seth Brown. And I could see... And I'm saying this after we've had a long conversation with Mark Kotze on and off the air today in his office. You'll see the interview coming up here. There might just be what I've called for in the postgame show because the callers asked, what do you do? Well, i got to come up with something. And I've said I'd like to see more of a set lineup. What do you have to lose? The ball club is 10-42 and 42 doing it your way. Yeah, and they've scored 10 runs in seven games. So why not try it a different way where we start saying, all right, here we go. This is what we're doing. Leading off is Ruiz. No to you're hitting second. I don't know how much longer you're going to ride the Rooker train because the Rooker train, it hasn't been going well. Brent Rooker has really fallen off. He was once one of the great stories. Last 12 games, he's hitting a buck 25, zero extra base hits. 16 strikeouts, clearly not seeing it, starting to be pitch different as the league is making their adjustments. Now we need to see what kind of adjustments he's going to make to them. And the average has dropped. And you go, well, average doesn't – tell me average doesn't matter. Uh, in this situation, it's, it's alarming to see that his batting average has dropped from 319 to 268. The, the slugging over that span going into yesterday was like 139. 139 slugging. He had an OPS over a thought what, over 1,100. Did 1, you just have to say that? Well, average is kind of mattering here. Well, when you're, when you're 5 for 40, I mean, if you're 5 for 40 and you have five home runs, it's a little different. But that's the thing <laughs> with average is that if you're not hitting for power, at least if you're being productive, getting on base, whether it being the walk 
or a base hit. Maybe you're flaring a few to right field. You're still a productive player. Yeah. You are not a productive player when your average sinks and it's all strikeouts. You're doing nothing. There's nothing productive that you're doing. That's where the whole proof goes into the Joey Gallo lovers is that so much of the time he's not doing anything but randomly hitting home runs that keeps his slugging up. If he gets a couple walks, hits some random home runs, you want to call him a good player. He's not a good player. He's not doing productive things that help you actually win the game. Well, yes, will it help some of his numbers on baseball reference? Baseball reference doesn't win games. You've got to do things to win games, and that's the problem with Rooker. But Rooker hitting third, maybe he gets out of it, and Brown hitting fourth. Good to see him go deep yesterday. But, yes, let's start seeing a semblance of at least I'll give you the bottom half of the order, have your fun. I'll give you the bottom half. You can you can go whatever heat map, data stuff, barrel rates, whatever you want to do. You do the bottom of the order. How about the front five? This is what we're going with. Your front five. One, two, three, four, five. I don't know why I'm calling them the front five, but your first five, this is what we're going with. I don't care if you're pulling Nolan Ryan out of retirement. I don't care if for some reason Randy Johnson's back and you're going up against these two behemoths blowing Ched right or left. You want to get Roger Clemens back. Whoever's pitching, Greg Maddox, these are the guys we're going with. Why not? Your way is 10-42. and 42. That's not all on the offense. There's been times the offense has been decent. Not the last seven. Well, they haven't hit for any power. They haven't hit for anything. But give me something consistency. Let's just see. Right now, we're not at Memorial Day. You have absolutely nothing to lose. Also, nothing to lose is the guy on the mound tonight. Yeah. It's been a struggle. They haven't won any of his starts, but – you got to see something. I mean, he's pitched well. That doesn't mean it. What, what does that mean? Well, the team has 10 wins. It doesn't matter. Yeah, what, what are we yeah. talking about? Well, they haven't won anybody. So you're, you're 10 and 42. You haven't won any. How's he pitched? I thought he's looked better his last few starts, especially that, the game coming back from Vegas the first time, then what, sent back down, then came back. Where is he in his career? He's 29. He doesn't, he doesn't have the days of – He's a top prospect out of UCLA, and people loved him at UCLA. He's a Yankees pick. Oh, he was a Yankee top prospect. That stuff's all gone. You're 29 years old. You're figuring out right now who you are. Can you get outs at the big league level? Because from here, they can't move him. It's not like teams are going to be like, oh, what do you want for him? That's not what's going to happen. James Caprellian is, is, is on a start-by-start prove-it basis for his career. Because if it doesn't happen here, I'm telling you right now, where it goes from here is we'll give you a minor league invite. And if you would have told James Caprellian when he was the number one 15th overall, I want to say, uh, I think he was 15th uh, overall yeah. by the Yankees out of UCLA. If you would have told him by the time he was 29 years old, he was just going to be shopping his wares for a minor league deal. That, that's not where he would have saw his career. That's where he is. So every single time he looked well, he looked good in his last start against Houston. Now you're getting Houston again, and that's a challenge of a team seeing you for the second straight start as the A's were just down there and got swept. But, you know, if there's any type of future for him, he's still cheap. That's good for his career. But he's on a prove-it type system at this point. I mean, this is still the land of opportunity. 
I know everybody's looking at the record and worried about the record. I mean, for the players, you are in a – I make it here. You want to go Sinatra? I'll go Sinatra on you. You make it here, you can go anywhere. Like, you do it here, and you start putting them numbers here, whether it's going to be this front office saying yes or it's another front office. It's a, Take a guy like Noda. Noda right now will get a job somewhere else based off what he's done. Now, I hope he's not leaving. I don't think he's leaving. I'm just using him as an example. What he has shown the baseball world, it's an audition every day. The great Johnny Gomes. Johnny Gomes is back with NBC California today, correct? Uh, that's what you told me yesterday. Stu's last show. So it'll be Brody and Johnny today on NBC Sports pre uh, NBC Sports California A's pregame live. Johnny Gomes has a great saying. I almost want to make T-shirts. Everybody wants to make T-shirts around here for some reason. All right, this is what we should make a T-shirt. And you should think about this every day. You want to know why you should think about this? What is it? Every day is a job opportunity. Every day is a job audition. Every day you're auditioning. Every single day. We're auditioning right now. You don't know who's watching. You don't know if maybe CBS or NBC or Fox or whatever needs a late-night talk show duo. Move over, Johnny Carson. It's A's Cast Live. I was say move over, Fallon. Here we come. <laughs> uh, who else is on late-night? Seth Myers. Yeah. Conan O'Brien, he gone. Letterman, he's gone. Townsend's in. Yeah. Let's go. Who's the other one? Uh, Jay Leno. We can replace all of them. Hey, uh, oh, you said Johnny Carson already. Yeah. There was a great video circulating yesterday of Johnny Carson and Bob Uecker. Uh, and Uecker, and uh, they pulled up a team photo of the like that when Uecker was on the Cardinals of Bob Gibson, and they're sitting next to each other. And they brought it up on on Johnny Carson's show, and Uecker sitting there, and it's him holding hands with Bob Gibson, and it's like a whole running. It was like forty five seconds. Did you send that to me? Yeah, I didn't watch that. Super seventy Sports shared it on uh, on on Twitter. It was pretty good. So no one knew Gibson and Uecker were holding hands. No, we're, we're holding yeah. hands during that. <laughs> it tells you how talented Bob Uecker was. He was on. Was Car- he still is Johnny Carson? A ton. Yeah, it was like like almost a hundred. And times we're talking about Johnny Carson was the number one television. There was no cable. There weren't all these options, and Johnny Carson was the number one TV show in America for a long, long time. That's why Johnny was rich. And Bob Euchre, I think Euchre even guest hosted the show. That's how big Bob Euchre was. So he's a nobody, nobody catcher with a baseball story life. And to this day, Ford C. Frick Award winner. Still broadcasting for the Brewers. Yeah. Does he just do home games? Yeah. So when we go there, what is that, after the Miami-Pittsburgh trip, he's, I think he'll be calling the games there. Did anybody tell Uke they got to, like, redo that dump of a stadium that was open in 2001? Miller Park, you call it something now? What American is it? Family Field. God. I thought it was Family Insurance. I think Family Insurance is a bit as American Family Field. I know it's all over Twitter. I mean, see, I've been seeing Dominic Catronio, the son of the great Vince Catronio, talking about TV it. star Vince Catronio. Yeah, I think Johnny's on TV this weekend. Are we going to have to kind of put their egos back in the box here? They're now walking around as TV guys now. Now they're walking around like they're Johnny Carson. <laughs> you know, we, everybody thinks there's everybody thinks they're Bob Costas these days. I'm just trying to think. Okay, who would be more Costas, Johnny or? I'm going to go Vince. Who, who's Al Michaels? Vince. Bob Costas, friend, friend of the program. Yeah, Al Michaels not. I've tried. He's got, he, he responds. He just says, don't want, pretty much I don't want to do it. I got to deal with Al Michaels for a uh, 
Sunday night football game here at the Coliseum. I think it was the Raiders Chiefs, and I got to have a little brief conversation. Broadcaster to broadcast. That's how I saw it. I don't know how he saw it. But, yes, the legendary Al Michaels and I chopped it up a little bit here at the Coliseum. He probably saw it as a some nobody and wants to talk to me for a few minutes. Great. Who is this kid and what is he talking about? And just move it along. What, move what, it along. What about Marquise Toyasasopo? What does he want to talk about? <laughs> Insert random Raider quarterback here. I know, dude. I was I was getting into the Olympics. I, I, I was talking about hockey. I was talking about, you know, one of the greatest lines in the history of sports. Do you believe in miracles? Yes. Uh, one of the greatest things we ever heard. Not to get too sidetracked, but when we had Tim... Sidetracked, it's happy hour. That's what you do at happy hour. When the late Tim... They're lucky you're not drinking right now. When the late Tim McCarver came on with us a couple years ago, remember when he told the story about how during the earthquake in 89, Lowell and Prieta, that Johnny Bentz talked about jumping out the window because... That was pretty alarming. Like I, I'm still not buying that. I didn't buy that then. I don't buy it now. <laughs> like you, you're not surviving that. Yeah, no. You've got a shot surviving an earthquake. Johnny Bench has not no chance. How high up that press box was, jumping down to the seats. Old Johnny's not making that. He would have been. I'm sorry. He would have been. Yeah, close to what? Like in his fifties or six? No. How old would he have been then? Johnny retired early. Johnny retired in his 30s, I believe, or right around 40. So he would have been in his like, late 40s, early 50s. Yeah, Johnny wasn't that. I mean, Johnny Bench is what, in his that, 70s? But he was a younger – got to remember, Pete Rose was, was a lot older than those guys, than Joe Morgan and Johnny Bench and the Big Red Machine. Tony Perez, I'm not sure. Once again, that is all well before my time. 75 years old. Yeah, so Johnny was – God, Johnny was a lot younger than Joe Morgan. Yeah, I mean, Pete Rose was a lot older than those guys. Yes, uh, Joe Morgan. How old was Pete Joe? Rose? Got to be in his eighties, and Joe was—I think Joe was in his eighties when he passed. Who, once again, Joe Morgan may have done. I'm not sure. And I'm—he would have been. Joe would have turned eighty this year if he was still okay. Alive. And then Pete Rose. So that's is, five years younger than Johnny. Yeah, and Pete, Pete Ro- Rose is in his eighties. Pete Rose is eighty-two years old. Yeah. You know, remember back, and Ken Korak, who's not here, but if he was here, we could talk about it, the the great voice of the A's, when we were doing COVID, the COVID shows, and we were doing the show with um, with Ray Fossey, and we were doing the 1972 World Series, and Joe Morgan was kind enough to come on, and you know, because there was nothing going on. So we were like, what are we going to do? We got to do something. So we started replaying World Series games. And it was game one of the 1972 World Series, and we did like a pregame show. It was awesome. I mean, you got Ray Fossey, you got Ken Korak, and Joe Morgan joined us. Yeah. I remember. And it wasn't that long after that that Joe Morgan passed away. So I don't know how many. I mean, it might have been his last interview, or at least it was one of his last interviews. Do we still have that somewhere? Yeah, we played it uh, most recently when we played the Reds. Yeah, that's, I mean, it was so hard to believe that we interviewed him. Then, like, you know, when he passed away, I was like, wow, we just saw him because it, it was on video we got to see him on video it was we weren't streaming then were we no it was just it was still just we weren't on, streaming we were video. just on we were just on ace cast yeah so it was we got to see joe and when, when he passed oakland's own the great joe morgan talking about playing for the a's and everything um yeah that was uh one of the special moments of ace cast when we got to talk to joe morgan and knowing that it was one of his last interviews i think my favorite part of that whole Time we the whole timeline from seventy two to seventy four we did is when we did the simulcast of the seventy three World Series game against the Dodgers, 
or 74 against the Dodgers, and Ray Fossey was calling a game where he hit a home run in the game. Like, yeah. Kevin and Ken were doing the game together, and I thought it was so great. Yeah, it was awesome. All right, who we got today? <laughs> uh, we're going to have uh, our good friend who we talked to for out, almost, it felt like an hour down on the field, our good friend Ryan Stanick. Well, you're going to get the baseball version of this interview after we sat around and Ryan Stanick, the original opener, and big kid, long flowing hair. We love him. He's a great guy. We went over a lot of subjects. We went over SEC football because he and Zach Jackson are both Arkansas Razorbacks. So we talked about how just a travesty football and college sports is about to become right in front of our eyes. When you've got Oklahoma and Texas are going in the SEC, uh, USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten. We sat there in the dugout, talked about that, and then we talked. Obviously, we know everything that's going on with our franchise in Vegas and everything, but this is a guy that still lives to this day. Remember, he played for the Rays. That's how he became the opener, even though Sergio Romo was the opener. Original, yeah. He was the original, the opener, as we knew the guy that did it the most and really made it famous was Ryan Stanek. He still lives in the around the Tampa area. His wife's from there, and they've stayed there. And he talked to us about St. Petersburg, as we all know, is a small little community where people go to retire. And they've got that one strip that I like. It's nice. It's got restaurants. they got some bars. It's right on the ocean. It's, it's nice. The hotel right there, I can't remember the name, the Vinoy, or where, it's been renamed, I think. I, it's never, haunted. I, I, remember, I, I didn't see there. it. When I was with the A's and I stayed there, I did not see any ghost, but supposedly it's haunted. Uh, maybe it's the old wing, but you know, we were out all night long, I guess by the time we were getting back to the hotel in those days, the ghosts probably were afraid of us more than we were afraid of them. Um, so there's no way it works there, even though they're trying to say it works there. And they recently had, if you remember, we covered it when they had their press conferences and this is what we want to do. And our next thing is we're going to go meet the mayor to talk about it. And like, what? You haven't talked about with the mayor? Like, they're so far behind. I mean, I still have the audio if you really want me to play it. I and mean, the, it's still and, safe in there. And the reality is, here's the reality. The reality is they need to be in Tampa Bay. And he explained it up. We had a long conversation with our good friend Ryan Stanek, who – he was happy that we had Maverick, Brett Phillips on, yeah. his old teammate recently. Uh, so we have a group of players that ever since we started A's Cast Live, and we started audio, and now we also make a video so you can watch it and listen to it. We've had this group of players that they've kind of been our guys. We've had this group of broadcasters. Two of the legends are here today. One's a former A, knuckleballer. I haven't seen him, but I did see Blummer. Uh, Sparksy, I saw in the bathroom. Okay. Got to say hello to him, the former A's knuckleballer. And then Blummer, got to see Blummer, Cal Bear uh, alum, former Cal Bear shortstop in the College World Series for Cal. So he is here. But we have this group of guys that we've been following. And, you know, here comes Ryan Stanek. He's been coming on our show for so many years now. It's like there's certain guys, and he's one of them, and to follow him and – you know, to go from all his days as the opener to talk about him being a World Series champion is pretty cool. Yeah, we, it was a good conversation you guys had. It was about nine minutes. We're going to play it here in about eight minutes at 4.30. Uh, that was good. Then we talked to him forever after. Um, happy for him. I mean, Brett Phillips obviously just got recently DFA'd by the Sounds Angels. Sounds like an Oakland A already. Oh, well, if we're going to play veterans, why not? 
Why not bring him in? Oh, shots at the lineup, huh? Well, the saying. Wow. What, didn't realize. Nine, nine, what was it? Nine of 13 guys are. Didn't. You're out on your own on that one. I mean, you're going to be. You're going to be taking shots at the front office. <laughs> Uh, that no. wasn't Chris Townsend. That was Commander Cody. Uh, we're going to have Lucas uh, Irsig at around like four, right after BP. So around from f- Campbell. From Yeah, around like 455. From the South Bay. Yeah, yeah South Bay. Great story, too. You know, um, those South Bay guys. I know. There's two of them right here. Those South Bay guys. Uh, we're gonna, we're supposed to have uh, the great. Nice of you guys to show up. I wish I could just show up at any point. <laughs> See, you see them, they just show up whenever they want. See the camera show? They just show up whenever they want. Some people got to work. Other people just roll in whenever they want. Uh, we're supposed Amazing to, how that happens. We're supposed to have Najee Harris. I was told that his flight was a little delayed, so he might be here around like 5.15. What are we talking about? Well, we start out the first pitch today. What are we Throwing out the first pitch, and what are we, what are we talking? Sealer football. What do you want to do? You want, what are you, you want to talk game plans? You want to talk? What do you what do you do on what do you do on when did, what do you do on second and long? Think you know there's a lot of, a lot to get into with Najee. There, you you got Planted your different fronts. You got your different fronts. What kind of front? That is, I mean, that four four front. That's a lot of linebackers. That means a little light in the tush. You can push them. You can push or You want to go against that four three? Who would be a good? Uh, who would be a great football player that's down on the field right now? I don't know. Some, figure it out. Nobody. Nobody. Not one guy. Martin Maldonado's a big guy. That dump truck couldn't play in the NFL. You could find a spot for him. Where? The water? Getting people water? <laughs> this is the NFL. It's the biggest, strongest, fastest human beings on the planet. You either are special or you not. You don't see SD as a uh, slot receiver? I see SD getting broken on the first series. <laughs> you got no – everybody who talks a big game about the NFL, I just like, you got no idea, man. You come down on those sidelines and you realize how violent these human beings are, how unbelievable. They don't care about their bodies. They're all huge. They're all fast, and they would destroy you. Most the the average dude, you'd last one play and you get a concussion from getting jacked up. You and you, I, it's, it's insane how fast and how hard they hit. You think a guy gets the ball out in the flat and he's got days and they just out of nowhere just boom. What's up? Who, who was the hit Reggie Bush that one time? Remember when Reggie Bush got blown up by someone from the Eagles? Who was it to hit him? It wasn't Brian Dawkins. It was after Dawkins. I can't remember who hit him, but it was one Brian of the worst Dawkins hits I've seen. Knock you into a yeah. different. And we're gonna, the last guest will be Mark Kotze. So there were times of Mark Kotze show. We'll, we'll see. It, it all fluctuates on what time Najee gets here. Well, uh, the reality is, you've got a. You got a tough. You got a tough thing in front of you right now. You've got eight an eight game losing streak. You've got to make sure guys are not getting comfortable losing. That's a big thing right now. You've got veteran players who are kind of looking around, as Cody mentioned. And these guys are looking around. They're they're they've been in different clubhouses, different teams. They're not stupid. They know. That's what's tough. You want to be the leader of the ship. And the ship's taken on water. It's not easy. But you have to still command the room. And you you have to make sure that everybody is coming every day to do what's best to win games. No matter what the decisions are, and you may not like the decisions, but that's part about being a pro. You signed up to be here. No one forced you to be here. But now you've got to 
be ready to rock every day, even if you've lost eight straight. And like I said yesterday in the postgame show, I said it yesterday on this show, and I'll keep saying it. You can try and put the losses on the A's world. You can, and the outsiders can, right? The outside media can go, ah, it's Oakland, it's the A. You can do that all you want. But, and you can try and put it on all of us. But guess what? None of us have thrown a pitch. None of us have had an at-bat. This is not going on my baseball card. It's not going on your baseball card. It's not going on Amelia Schimmel's baseball card. It's not going on Ken Korak's baseball card. It's not going on it. Everybody in uniform this year is going on your baseball card. It's you that are going to be a – you will live it. This, this in our careers, we'll just look back years from now and go, hey, remember how bad 2023 was? <laughs> yeah, that was bad. There's no baseball reference for us. This thing is on you. Your batting average, your record, your ERA, your OPS, your OPS plus. Mark Kotze, wins and losses, it's on him. For the coaching staff, all of the, if you are in uniform, this year is on you. So any of this trying to blame game and blame anybody else, I I don't know who you blame because none of us are the ones that are being paid to perform. You guys are in that clubhouse. You're being paid to perform. You're being paid to coach them, to get them to perform better, and you're being paid to perform. Simply that. And the outside can look at like it's all of us. It's the Oakland. It's these players. It's on you. You've lost eight in a row. What are you going to do about it? Now you got the Astros in town. Who's I? I, I don't even care who's coming after, but who's after? Braves. And then it's the Atlanta Braves. There you go, folks. This is where we're at. What do you? What are you bringing to the party on on, on a daily basis? And Memorial Day is going to hit. And then on Memorial Day, everybody's going to say, "Well, isn't this the day we kind of step back and we kind of look to see what what what's going on here?" Oh, by the guy! Oh, oh, we're being compared to the Cleveland Spiders. I mean, how many of these veteran players, the year they're having, I, I, I don't need to bring up their numbers. You guys know, I know, they know. How many of these guys, if you say, I want to go trade them or hell, I'll just DFA them, there's going to be line out the door to pick them up? Not many. Jesus Aguilar goes out on the market right now. Who's lined up to pick him up? Uh, couldn't tell you. Tony Camp. Couldn't tell you. Trevor May. Couldn't tell you. I mean, I can go down the line here. Rosinski. No, I honestly couldn't give, give couldn't give you a team. Paul Blackburn. Oh. I mean, value. You think he'd have value from last year being an All Star, but he hasn't pitched. The finger issue. Maybe. Hasn't pitched. Might pitch next week. We'll see. Um, that's, I mean, I'll you, say less than three. James Caprillion going today, twenty nine years old. What I mean, you don't think they've tried to deal him in the past? There wasn't takers. You throw him out on the market, he's going straight to somebody's AAA. Oh yeah, most likely. So that's what I'm saying. You want to act? If anybody wants to act like this is not on the players, I'm telling you right now. If you guys leave, if these players leave here right now, where do they go? Some are going home. Will they be signed? Yeah, but I some I, I don't know. Yeah, the other two guys. 
No, no one's walking out of here and all of a sudden the Houston Astros or the Dodgers or the Braves or the Rays or everybody's going, oh, my God, I can't wait to sign. He's calling his agent. You know, you know, we need to. Uh, we got. I got to look and see when we play the Astros next time because it, it didn't make sense today because we're up here. But you know who's good to talk about this? Uh, what's going on is uh, Sparksy because he was on that Detroit Tigers team that was, was on pace to lose the most. Well, games. he's in the press box doing nothing right now. We could be talking to him right now. Well, I, I don't want to make him walk all the way over here. Oh, he's too big league. I, no, but you know, he actually, he, he's one of the rare broadcasts that actually knows the Coliseum, but. I don't know if he knows the Coliseum well enough that he knows where this is now. He uh, he told me he played a little golf with Korak and Catronio in Houston. Did he did he shoot better than them or? Because Korak's pretty good. Sparksy is like scratch, but oh. but Ken Korak is the biggest sandbag and golfer in the history of America, <laughs> American golf. Sandbag Cor- You know he says his nickname's the Rack. Yeah. His nickname should be Sandbag, is what it should be. A better golfer, Sparksy or John Smoltz? You said he's scratch. Isn't Smoltz a scratch golfer too? Yeah. Smoltz qualified for the Senior U.S. Open or Senior PGA. I think it was Senior U.S. Open. Small, I'd probably have to go Smoltz. Okay, fair. But Sparks, I, I don't know. Sparksy, scratch, they may be in the plus when you're, when you're better than scratch. Like guys on PGA Tour, their handicaps are in the plus. Yeah. Like my nephew who plays at San Diego State is in the plus. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean he's playing college golf. I would hope so. So it's like, but I, you know what? I'm putting my money on Sparksy because I'll take Sparksy over Smoltz any day of the week. That overrated. He's always not even on MLB Network anymore. Yeah, that overrated starter turned to closer. Back to a starter hack. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll say it. I didn't like Smoltz as a Red Sox. <laughs> I have the guts to say it. You weren't a big fan of him as a Cardinal? Yeah, no. I, all I remember the years is a sock <laughs> in the Northeast. That's all I remember. I remember Smoltz as a Tiger prospect. Yeah, I would say a prospect, yeah. And then he got traded to Atlanta. For, I don't remember for who. Are but, you ready to go? Yeah, for Stanek. For Ryan Stanek. So Ryan Stanek, remember, we used to have him on when he was with the Rays. Because he was the opener, and Cody was fascinated by the opener. Cody thought the opener was the future. It kind of was, and then it went away, and now it's starting to come back a little bit. And Mark Kotze, a little bit later today at 5.30, is going to talk about that. Now, by the way, can I, can I spill the beans? About the opener? Yeah. Are you going to? Oh. About my suggestion for the opener. Yeah, go ahead. Some of you may listen to the postgame show, some of you not. But I've been saying in the postgame show there's one job I want for Fuji because I don't trust him in a game that matters coming out of the pen. I don't trust him as you're the starting pitcher today. I want him to do one thing. I want him to be the opener. I want to see him come out one inning, you start the game, because he has a whole ritual. He's got he's got you know he's got his heavy balls, he's got his I don't even know what we call him. He's not a pitching coach. He's not a trainer. He's, I don't know the official title of the guy who's with him who helps him physically. I guess he'd be like a trainer. I always thought it was his translator. I was walking well, there's those. a translator, but yeah. he also, has a, he also oh. has a guy who does therapy on him. And I, We'll call him a trainer. I'll get, I'll get the official. He's Fuji's guy. He's a health guy. He's Fuji's health guy. Yeah. He, he's the keep Fuji healthy guy. He's been healthy. We'll give him that. So, 
Fuji's got his whole thing that he comes out with. It's almost like he's an old school doctor, right? He's got the balls in yeah. the face <laughs> yeah. and he goes walking out, right? We'll do all that, but you're going one inning. Let's start with that, and we'll do you on Monday, Thursday. Let's start doing it a couple times a week. I brought that up to Mark Kotze, and you're going to hear. Manager may, as we say, the boob on the radio after the game. He might agree with that guy today on the Mark Kotze show. Uh, Fuji's best inning. What inning do you think it is if you look at his ERA by inning? Well, there's how many innings? Four? Uh, Well, he's – the sixth inning, for some reason, he's pretty good. That's not. It's that's not, though. No. His, be, his best inning. I'm going to say the second. No, it's the first. It's the first? It's the first. That 450 ERA. Proves it. I mean, it's high, but it's, anyway, the other ones are like 10, 12. So. Hey, don't let the data get in the way it. of a good story. The good story is Fuji's going to start opening. <laughs> don't let the data get in the way of it. Um, I think it's going to be a good role for him. I think it's the next role for him. Yeah. These starters may not like it. I hate the opener, but I'm all for it now. Why not try it? But Ryan Stanek joined us for years with the Rays, now with the Astros, now a World Series champion. I caught up with him earlier today in the Astros dugout. Good to see you. Welcome back to the program. How is everything? Everything's good, man. Life is good. You know, we always like to talk about people that we have followed their careers. And you think about when you first started coming on our program, back in the days when you were with the Rays. And now to sit here and say, World Series champion, <laughs> how does that feel? It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's, it's something that, obviously, as a kid, you, you dream of. And, like, that's, like, obviously why we play. And, like, like like the the final goal, like, at the end of the season. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool to, to have that feeling and, like, really feel like you accomplished something. Well, and to think about, you know, you knew you're on good teams with the Rays, but when you got to this point and to the Astros, you knew I really got a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And well, that, that was a big reason why I chose to come here was because, like, I knew the team was good. There was a lot of like a lot of good players, and they they they've had a history of helping guys improve, and like that's that's so important, especially like for me, is sitting there going, I, I want to go someplace where. They, they take pride in making you better and, and, and having the tools to, to help you along the way. And that's that's something they, that I've, I've really enjoyed about being here and, and obviously getting to meet a bunch of really good good dudes and and good players. Like, that doesn't hurt. But, like, there's an organization. They've, they've done a really good job of, like, helping everybody become, like, a better version of themselves. That is unbelievable because you think about you guys are here at the highest level and you think that everybody has the best coaching, but you realize some teams – with their data and with their coaching, they're just better than others. And we started hearing about how Garrett Cole got better here. Justin Verlander got here. Now you come here and you're, you're talking about that. So what was it with you? Cause you were already fantastic with the Rays. What was it when you got here that they said, let's do this and you got better doing it. I feel like it's not, it's not complete overhauls. It's, it's little, little adjustments on like what you already do good. And, and, in improving what you do well. So I think that, I think that's such a, such a like fine line that, that some, like some organizations do really, really good is, is like, all right, this is what I know you're like, I know you're good at. And like, how can we make that just a mar like marginally better. And that makes such a big difference. Cause if you're, if you're improving things that you already do well, but like, those are the things you do most often. If you do the things you do most often better, like it's going to be better. It's like, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, it's not. It's not always working on 
on the major weaknesses because most of the time it's like if if you're playing and you're like well if i'm going to get beat i'm not going to get beat on my weakness i'm going to go out there and get beat on what i do best so you want to make your weaknesses better but also like as long as your strengths are also getting better at the same time like you become just a more well-rounded player i think that i think that's such a such a good trait that this organization has done is like they've done a really good job of identifying like the things that they think will be successful in in the clubhouse and on the team for what for what the team needs and then being able to go hey we really like this you should do more of this we don't like this that's not going to play with what you do as well so hey I'll maybe do less of this and more of this and you kind of uh kind of hit a, a steady upward swing well i think what's interesting too with a reliever it's not like you're working on four or five pitches mm -hmm. right you have what you do it's making the not to say the little things but the few pitches you have making them better versus if i'm dealing with a starter there's a whole arsenal that you're worried about mm -hmm. and how many innings you're going to go through and how you attack lineups through a different time you're coming in to blow everybody away yeah I let think the hair flow and let it fly baby yeah yeah no i mean i think that's that is a lot of it is um they they like kind of hone in on those things and it's such it's it's actually like relaxing knowing that like the like the That's excess thought kind of gets taken out of it you're going okay well i don't have to over analyze this this and this like these are like you get a handful of cues that you're like all right that's that's what i need to focus on as long as i'm doing those things the results should follow and like obviously not everything always goes according to plan because it's baseball and baseball happens but yeah you get into those things where it's like okay well i want to make my slider a little bit better so how do we do that do we want the shape to be a little bit bigger do we want it to be more down more horizontal do we need it to be the same shape but throw it a little harder um we need to figure out how to keep the ball on the plate a little bit more or work to a specific zone or what, what whatever whatever the case may be you, you can kind of hone in on that focus a little bit because they they have all the numbers that that they value and they're they're very good about like relaying those to you to like get the most out of you yeah pitch shaping and developing pitches now is fascinating compared to mm -hmm. just going down there with a pitching coach and doing it off field uh dusty baker i've been fortunate i've known dusty baker since he was the manager of the san francisco giants going way back and we've always known dusty he's from sacramento and you know lived so many years here in the bay area as one of the coolest guys just at the end of his career Winning a championship for him, really kind of pushing him as he's going to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Just what has it been like playing for him? It's been great because it's like, I mean, he's one of the guys where you, you, you never hear a bad word about him. And and like one of the all-time like cool guys in the in the game. Like yeah. he's he's just seen so much and done so much that it's it's hard not to appreciate the legacy that he's had in the game. Yeah, well, anybody that has sweatbands with his own picture <laughs> on it, you know, you know, Dusty's going good. Yeah. Um, repeating, we haven't had a repeat champion since the Yankees. You got to go way back when, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it, it was a long time ago. Uh, you, God, how old were you back in those days? Oh, uh, the Yankees. What they they three peated? That was ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah, two thousand. I thought it was ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one. Yeah, but yeah, it's. I mean, at that time, I was nine yeah I was you were a little 91. kid yeah i was a, a you didn't kid. get to arkansas to what like 2011 or something like yeah. that 11 12 and 13 that was my first, like those are my college years so it's like yeah it's a long time ago it, it, but you guys have that chance what do you think yeah. that would mean to go back to back you got the team to do it yeah no i mean 
feel like we we do have a good team, and it's I mean, going back to back is is so hard. Like it's 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 so hard to win. Like we've we've talked about it. Like obviously as the year has gone on, but you 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 think about it. It's it's hard it's hard to win one big league game, and then you're sitting there going, all right, well, to get to the playoffs, you got to win ninety. Well, used to be like ninety five, and at this point with the the extra teams is. 92, 93, 94 games. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of games to win. And then you have to play really good in the playoffs, too. So I think it's a really tall task, but I think we have a team that's very capable of doing it. We've had some, we have so many guys that have, have been through it and, and know what it takes, especially coming down to crunch time towards the end of the year. You know, you know where you need to be at and what level you need to be playing at to, to win playoff baseball games. And I think if any team has a chance to do it, I think we have as good a chance as anybody we got two razorbacks i know that uh, jackson is on the il mm-hmm. right now i was looking at the timeline he would have been obviously younger than you were you ever on the same team together yeah his uh i think his first year we were yeah i think he was like a probably you probably I think got him as a, a yeah, freshman I think he was a he was a freshman my junior year yeah yeah anything you remember about him his memory is a good kid. I mean, we talk we talk every time yeah. that we're here. I mean, he's he's just a good dude, and and I like I always follow all the Razorbacks in, in the big leagues because honestly, most of us were were pretty close in age that are that are in the league right now. So it's it's pretty cool to see all the guys that that have that have gotten here from from where we started. And SEC football, my God! Oh, now boy. Texas and Oklahoma are coming. In. It's yeah, it's like. Wow! It's it's, it's a the, the, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, SEC football is a joke. It's it's, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Well, let's end on this. You know, we used to always talk about you being the opener, and we were so curious to see like the arbitration process, then free agent. But now we don't even do that anymore. We just call you World Series champion. <laughs> How's that? A little bit better than the opener. Yeah, You're the little, World Series champion. Yeah, a little bit. I like that better. <laughs> Hey, congratulations. Right, We've loved you. following your career. You know, appreciate we've been it. a big fan for yeah, a long time. Raise the Astros, and uh, good luck with everything, and we'll talk later in the season. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Ryan Stanick, World Series champion. It was brought to my attention how much bigger he looks than I do sitting there on the bench. I, I mean, I wasn't lying. He does. He's a monster. When he stands <laughs> up, what is he, 6'7"? Six six. Let's see. Stand it. Well, and he had cleats on. He had his spikes on. Yeah, and he, well, don't forget he had. Then he had that luscious those. Oh, uh, the, the flowing locks. hair. It's, it, I'm he's uh, he's six four. No way. That's what baseball reference says. How and, much does he weigh? He's a big dude. Uh, says he weighs two twenty six. So, but you know, you realize in spikes it adds to your height. Can you imagine? Imagine being up there hitting, and he's up there on the mound, and that whole big the hair is flowing, and he's bringing it. What's Can you he, imagine? I didn't look up how he's doing this year. He's he's got three something ERA. He, he is yeah three eighty six ERA last year. Fifty nine games last year, a one fifteen ERA. You bring him here to Oakland right now. He's our best pitcher. Oh yeah, he, he could be. Hey, he could be the opener. He'd be our best pitcher. Yeah, I don't I don't feel want him being the opener. Maybe he becomes the bulk guy. Well, you're not gonna throw a bunch of innings, but he'd he'd be he'd be the you, if you just said you pulled a Ricardo Rincon trade and you sent him over to the A's clubhouse, you immediately he'd be the best pitcher on the staff. Oh, without a doubt. I, I, I would have him be the opener to have him be the closer. You can put him in every role possible. You want to hit third? 
Oh, boy. Um, I don't know if he can hit. Zach Jackson and him, huh? At Razorbacks. Arkansas Razorbacks. Too bad Jackson wasn't active. We should have had them both on at the same time. We could do it because we could just do SEC football preview. Suey, baby. Woo, Suey. We could do a whole Razorback show. We could have just went and did a whole thing about previewing the SEC this year. Hey, how's Texas going to look? Oklahoma's now on the conference. Uh, Does Texas, can they even compete in the SEC? Yeah, well. How's, my, mean, how's, my, how's my guy Jimbo Fisher at A&M? Oof, he had a good recruiting class last year. Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss. Yeah, everyone, everyone wants to jump on the Lane train now. Oh, you all I love the Lane train. You all hated him when he coached the Raiders, though. Oh, we, <laughs> we did. <laughs> we did hate him when he coached the Raiders. Then USC, he was the worst. And then USC fired him on the tarmac. Is the worst. Don't make me go into Raiders stories. I got so many Raiders stories. It's stupid. Where, where's Raider? Where's where's that hack Raider Vito when we need some hack? Need some Raider stories. Yeah, All right. I'm sure he we has have some... happy. Do you see? We have happy hour. People are showing up. We've got. Can they see? Uh, yeah, you can see over here. Amelia Sh Schimmel and Ruby Lopez giving away gifts. We're playing bingo. Got everybody in the seats over there. It's happy hour. Drinks are flowing. Things, there's specials going on. The way you're pointing at the screen on the camera, the way you're doing it. That it way. They're right there. Up, the way you're, when you're doing it, it looked like the way you had it positioned. It looked like you're using like a telestrator. And you, next you were encircling things. And you got to get to the hole right here. And you see the fullback go through here and bang, that's where the plate. You mean that kind of? Yeah, or when, you know, like the most thing they see with Gary St. Jean, the Sainistrator, is that he's a call when Saint would talk about plays of the Warriors. That's basketball. I don't watch basketball. Oh, well. I haven't watched. Don't. And, I, and I don't dub the vote either. That yeah. was stupid. Uh, Najee Harris is going to be here when? Uh, Former, uh, speaking of SEC. Great uh, Alabama running back. Alabama. Uh, they've won a few national titles the last time I checked. I've heard of them. They, they have a good coach down there. It's all right. Couldn't make it in the NFL. Couldn't win at Mich Couldn't win at Michigan State. Could yeah, he won at Michigan State. Uh, where did he coach? Was it Akron? He coached before Michigan State. Was it Akron. I remember he uh, he won the national championship at LSU. Then he went to coach the uh, the old Dolphins. Was it Akron? I don't know. If it was the Zips? Where where was Toledo? It? Toledo. I knew it was at Ohio. And school. his wife didn't want to leave. Remember that she didn't want to leave. Didn't want. But he was. He went to the uh, Cleveland Browns. Oh, with Belichick, where he was defensive coordinator for Bill Belichick. And yeah, how'd that work out? They made a playoff run. His last year with Cleveland. Yeah, there. Before he took the job at Michigan State, they were in the playoff. You don't know the NFL. How many titles they win? What do you know about titles? Cleveland loser franchise. Nick Saban was a defensive coordinator and a winner and then went to Michigan State, then to LSU, then to the Dolphins, yeah. couldn't hack it. Maybe that's what we'll get into. Hey, Najee, why can't he hack it in the NFL? Oh, why, don't tell, why don't you tell Najee how great the Browns are? See what he says. Oh, uh, yeah, you want to run all over? You love Baker Mayfield, so never let him go. Hey, let me <laughs> ask you a question. How are those Steelers now? Some have had a losing season under Tomlin. Losers. All right, come, well, what are we doing? Where am I going? You're like a rudderless ship here. Uh, Lucas, You're uh, like Earsig, working for NBC. Lucas Earsig supposed to be coming up after, hopefully shortly. Great story. Yes. We'll talk to a A's pitcher, hopefully Lucas Ersig next right here on A's Cast Live. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. 
Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Lucas Ersick joins us here on A's Cast Live, just chatting it up to South Bay guys as he grew up down in the South Bay, grew up in Campbell, and man, it just has to be surreal, right? Playing in the Bay Area, yeah, growing up here, and, and being with the A's. Here, let's get this up here. Gary, is that better? Yeah. yeah. How is it? I mean, you, uh, I mean, playing in the Bay. I, you know, I've told plenty of people this over the last couple of days. It's just uh, baseball's a, you know, it's full circle for me. Um, growing up in the Bay Area, being a, you know, a, an Oakland A's fan myself, um, and you know, going to Cal, um, and eventually getting drafted by the Brewers and all that stuff. But uh, to be able to be here and this and have this opportunity to. You know, pitch pitch for my hometown team is uh, it, it's surreal. I still haven't come down from it. I know it's just like you're wearing the uniform. I mean, first time you're wearing the uniform, you walk out onto the field. What was that like? Uh, you know, just a bunch of uh, memories of me. You know, going to A's game, A's games growing up. I've never actually stepped foot in in you know on the field. So uh, you know, doing that for the first time, it was kind of like a, a fresh breath, a breath of fresh air. You've had a very interesting story. Talk about that story of getting drafted and just how everything has been for you to where you are now. Yeah, yeah. You know, I uh, I did both in college. I hit, I hit and pitch, and uh, when you know when I got drafted by the Brewers, um, you know the pitching took a took the back seat and and kind of you know kept it in my back pocket, but never really thought of it as being you know a, a reality. Um, you know, so for me to revisit you know being a pitcher and and kind of you know saying sayonara to the uh the the offensive side of baseball um it was a little hard for me to understand at first i didn't really want to let go of that that passion that i had for hitting but you know uh developing more and more into a pitcher you know season by season for the last couple of years has really uh you know put things into perspective for me and and you know realizing that you know not a lot of people get the 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 second the second opportunity that I did, and I made sure that I was going to do everything I could to, uh, you know, take advantage of it. Now, we have mentioned here on this show, if the A's get in a pinch, I looked at your numbers. You hit bombs at AAA. <laughs> I- I'm just saying, if the A's get in a pinch, I'm looking down. I might be saying, Ursa, grab a bat. I mean, you've got numbers in AAA. Mm-hmm. What do you think if, like, all of a sudden they said, hey, man, get the bat. Let's let it rock. You know, I, I'm I'm definitely not asking you know for for approval or anything like that, but you know I'm I I'd always be uh, I'd always be ready for sure. Because you you had some pretty deep. I mean, it's not like you didn't have numbers at AAA. You had numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I you know I I swung it a little bit for sure, but uh, you know that's not haven't picked up a bat in a couple of years, and you know it hasn't really been a thought for me. But uh, you know, like I said, if the opportunity prevents uh, presents itself, then you know I'm more than willing. You know, we always talk about how things change in our life beyond 
you know, what happens between the line. Talk about changes in your life off the field are the reason why you're here today. Yeah, yeah, you know, I made some off-field changes, you know, uh, and I think COVID really exposed that for me. You know, uh, putting down the bottle was one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest things that I could have done in my life. Um, and, you know, I think it was the greatest decision I've ever made moving forward, um, especially just for, you know, my, my relationships outside of the field too. Um, it, it kind of put things into perspective for me. It made me realize that, you know, there's a lot more to be thankful for and a lot more out there for me to go get. So. Yeah, I, I know where you're at. I, I, I had a little health scare, and I haven't, I haven't had a drink in – a year and five months right and, on. and really changed my life good yeah, good, yeah. relationships job wise that's why i'm so proud of you when i when i heard about that and you know people don't realize how you get your life back in so many different ways and yeah. that's why i'm so happy for you you know the battle on the outside has helped helped you so much now 100 percent. and and i you know i keep going back to it but it's a it's a perspective thing and and you just you find out you you find out how much more thankful you are for these little victories that you can find throughout the day. I think those go for, I think those are overlooked, um, you know, throughout the course of your day. But um, I, you know, something that I always go back to is is just looking for little opportunities to be thankful and, and kind of take a step back and say, wow, you know, that's really cool. Let's end on this. For you and for a lot of the guys on the team right now, I've always said Oakland is the land of opportunity. Just talk about this opportunity for your career and what this can mean for you long term. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, I I didn't believe it when my AAA manager in, in Nashville told me. Um, I still don't, you know, really believe it now. But, you know, just being here and, and, and kind of slowly realizing that, that this opportunity is in front of me and I'm, and I'm living through it right now is just incredible. Um, being in Oakland, I know, you know, we're a very young team and I've only been here a week, but I can just tell that there's a lot of, there's a lot of talent here and, and we're, we're, we're just staying positive with the vibes. You know what I mean? We're, we're not going into games thinking we're going to lose. We're just going out there trying our best and, and having fun doing it. And, you know, um, learn, we're learning every day. Well, it's always great to see a Bay Area guy be successful and also a guy who grew up an A's fan. I think that is always fantastic. Thanks for coming on the program. 100%. And we want you here for a long time, so we want you being on this show for a long time. <laughs> good luck to you. Sounds good to me. Thank you very much. Appreciate we got it. more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. A's Cast Live continues from the Treehouse. Here's Chris Townsend. All right, Najee Harris is in the house from the Ock. You call it Antioch. He went to Antioch High, right? Correct. Good little player. Yeah, nice little career at Alabama. What, two years in the league? Both years he's gone for over a grand? Yeah, he's been a good He's been a good addition to the Steelers' offense. I'll say that. Oh, I cannot wait. They're showing the giveaway for June 18th. I cannot wait for Hawaiian shirt A's giveaway day. 
uh, what is that? Is that on Father's Day? I think it's on Father's June Day. June 18th. Is that Father's Day? I believe it is. Well, I got to have one, and it is Father's Day for me. Yeah. Really, well, as you know what you know what I call Father's Day. Mother's Day Part 2? Mother's Day Part 2, yeah. <laughs> Where it's all of a sudden, well, you need to take the kids, and you need to. Well, oh, really? That's what, that's what my dad calls it, too. It's totally Mother's and my Day My sister and I two. are both in our 30s, but it's still Mother's Day he's Part 2. De- Najee's ducked out. Uh, He's stuck deck, decked out all in A's gear. Right now he's doing bingo. We're going to have him here in the next 10 minutes or Did so. Did he think, got to ask him, highlight of your career doing bingo in the treehouse. Did you think when you get drafted out of Alabama, yeah. when, when you the com- riches would be the bingo happy hour before when, an A's game? When you committed to play at Alabama out of Antioch, did you ever think, that, did you ever imagine you'd be doing bingo at an, before an A's game? Did Nick Saban say <laughs> that someday you could do bingo at the treehouse for happy hour You know, so throw out the first pitch? I didn't think about this. So Saban goes through a lot of offensive coordinators. Cause, well, wait for it. Those guys get hired to be coaches somewhere. Head coaches. Who was God, Who was his offensive coordinator when he was when he was there? Sark. Was it Sark? It wasn't, it wasn't Bill O'Brien. It wasn't Lane. It wasn't, yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Josh Jacobs, he was there with Josh Jacobs. Jacobs, nice little player. Jacobs, uh, former Raider. Uh, Josh Jacobs was there. He, he, he got playing time when Jacobs left. Yeah. Did you say former Raider? He's still there. I said Raider. Oh, he said former. I said he's still there. I know they picked up the fifth-year option, but he's still there. Um, we getting him or what? Um, they, they, I said oh, they I, stole him over for bingo. We yeah. we got the Marcotte show. We got to get to. It, it's five oh, five oh eight. What? T- well, That's what time like, are we out of here? Uh, like five forty five. All right, quickly before he gets here, you've been dying to do this. I just want you to read me. So, f- speaking in football terms, right? <laughs> um, baseball Hall of Fame players that are either in the end zone, they're in. Yeah. Red zone means they're on their way. And then what do we call the guys on the out? Third and long? Third and long, yeah. Get it? Third and long? Uh, Hail Marys. Then you got your Hail Marys. They don't get in. Yeah. All right, give me the names. Who is, who do, who's he claim is in? I'll say whether I agree or not. All right, so he has the categories in right now. Future Hall of Famer, Mike Trout. Yes. Future Hall of Famer, Justin Verlander. That See, that is a better way to put it because you have a guy who's had a full career. Yeah. Verlander is just extending a full career. Trout's not there yet, even though Trout's over 70 war. That would put him as a Hall of Famer. Trout has years to go. Yeah, he's only 30. But, okay, yeah, Verlander, no question. Future- even though there were people a few years ago who went, Verlander really a Hall of Famer? And you're like, yeah, of course he is. Future Hall of Famer Clayton Kershaw. Of course, that's a no-brainer. Future Hall of Famer Max Scherzer. No brain. Miguel Cabrera. No brain. Zach Granke. He's, he's an over 70 war. He is in. He's getting oh, Last one. Joey Votto. Ooh. Red zone or in? He's I love in, me some. He's under the in right now category. I love me some Joey Votto. I think if you're going to put in, what's the guy where he's third baseman? We just put in oh, Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland. You're putting Scott Rowland in, you're going to put Votto in. Yeah, I think Votto, the last couple of years he's, he's been hurt this you know, year. Not the, you know, yeah, yeah, you know I, I don't know if I'm, like, skipping past Willie Mays plaque to go see. <laughs> to go see Joey Votto. But Votto's had a nice career. 
I'm not. I, I'm not going. Ted Williams. Oh, yeah. I, I want to go see Scott Rowland. Excuse. I'm not going to go look at. I'm not looking at Ted Williams, or I'm not looking at at at, at, at Ricky Henderson because I want to go see Scott Rowland's plaque. But uh, Votto is a 64 and a half war. Votto's walking his way into the Hall of Fame. Right, well, Let's be well honest. 297 average. Uh, 342 home runs. He He's barely has a. Th- this is. I have not seen Baseball Reference. I have not looked at it. I'm just telling you. I'm going off. I bet you he's barely over 1,000 RBIs. 1,106. And I don't even have to look at baseball reference to know that. Uh, that tells me one thing. He's a modern-day, on-base, walking machine. I love Joey Votto. I've said it before. I just don't think that a first baseman that barely has 1,000 RBIs should be thought of as a no-brainer future Hall of Famer. Yeah, uh, he has 80 career stolen bases. Uh, SC might get that this year. Uh, and he has a 145 OPS plus. It's all walks. Yeah, true. Until the only year he's it's ever all hit, walks. The only year he's ever really hit home runs was a few years ago. Remember when he said, "I started trying to hit home runs," it's and he hit like 37 walks. Walk, 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 walk. So I, I, it's it's hard for me to think of a first baseman with a thousand RBIs being in the Hall of Fame. That's all you got. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I mean, I like Votto a lot, but every time they keep talking about Votto potentially being a Hall of Famer, it's like, yeah, he's on the cusp for me. He literally hit that that game in the cornfield in Iowa is literally the greatest. Najee Harris is joining us here as we're getting you ready for. And he's decked out in his all A's gear. I tried it, man. I love it. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you guys? I'm wonderful. We were just joking around going, you know, when you were with Nick Saban in Alabama, did you guys talk about – you know, the biggest thing in your career could be doing bingo in the treehouse before an A's game. Mm-mm, not that, a thing. He that, did tell me I was good at selling stuff, though. <laughs> <laughs> so you're throwing out the first pitch. Yes, sir. Got to yeah. be exciting. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm trying to hit a, a record. I'm trying to get, like, 90. If you guys – are they going to, like, measure or not measure, but, like, see how fast – The radar gun? It? Yeah, they're going to do that. Are you going to go to the top of the mound? I always go to the top of the mound. I think we can. Can we? Yeah, everybody. Can, yeah, everybody always do that. I go to the top of the mound. I want to experience. You're all a grown of man. You, you gotta go to the. Yeah. You know what I mean? I ain't a little kid. You know what I mean? I'm trying to go to the top of the mound, do my little Dougie. You I, feel me? I'm telling you, when I did it, I got up there and I told him I'm throwing it as hard as I can, and I brought it. Did you? Did it hit? Did it? Oh, hit I threw ground, a strike. Or, yeah. No, former pitcher, my friend. You got. You got to throw like this, right? You got to use the. Somebody you got to get a four seam grip to throw the straight fastball. Yeah. Four seam. Light. Grip. Gri- remember, light grip. You light don't grip. want to choke it because choke it goes at light grip. Let it go. Yeah. Let it go. Don't think about it. Just let it go. All right. Problem is people think about it, and that's when they throw it into the ground. Mm. No, I don't think about it. I just let that stuff go. Like Nike say, I just do it. Do just you know do me? it. Let it rock. Just do it. So lifelong A's fan, right? In a way. Lifelong Bay Area fan. That's the right word. So you like all the teams. I like every team that represents the Bay Area. That's very smart exactly. of you. That's very <laughs> smart of you. Exactly. Well, obviously successful coming out. Two years going over 1,000 for the Steelers. How's life in Pittsburgh? Because obviously that's truly one of the great franchises in pro football. It's one of the, I hands down think so. It's also one of the greatest. But, you know, me being from the Bay Area, obviously, I, like I said, I'm a Bay Area fan. So I watch yeah. the Raiders, um, the Niners, but I also watch the Steelers too. So, you know, me to have the opportunity to be able to play for the Steelers and obviously go in there and experience, you know, the great guys they got there, you know, from Mr. Rooney, Coach T, um, and even Omar, who's our new GM, but who drafted me was Kevin Colbert and all them, you know, just to meet all those people and see how great they are and how how well they run the organizations. And, you know, we obviously got uh, free agents we pick up, and they tell them tell me how, like, 
better this is as an organization compared to other teams. So, you know, just being a part of this is, is an honor. Um, you know, so out there, it's, it's always, uh, you know, they, they welcome you open arms, and that's something I really appreciate. Well, I think about the legacy, right? You're going to a franchise that has Super Bowls from different eras, Hall yeah. of Famers from different eras. You're a part of that group. You represent that group. And we could talk about that like here at the Coliseum, the championships and the players. What's that like when you join a culture like that of greatness? Yeah, man. So, you know, just me being a, even come from Alabama, you know, that's yeah. the same thing there almost. You, go. you know I mean? We, uh, they, we win natties there. Uh, we, you know, we're one of the best teams. But, you know, and to be a part of that um, – just kind of that uh that that organization the same thing with the Steelers you know um it, it's motivating um you know there's a standard that we always like to live up to this year we're excited about it we got a lot of new guys um so you know we, we can't wait to to get after it you know I'm over there in OTAs right now and we're all coming together we're all bonding with each other you know um we are we're a lot better where we are now than we were at last year that's what I always tell people um and it's the truth so you know just to be a part of this organization and 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 be in position to uh to go to playoffs and win Super Bowls, you know, um, and just to live up to that standard of winning is always, you know, something that's been a part of me, and that's something I I'm, I'm just can't wait to live up to. Yeah, that's the thing about the Steelers. It's not lip service when you talk about Super Bowls. Exactly. I mean, you look at one of the great franchises. Coach Tomlin is an ultimate winner, and we always get to see it from afar. I actually worked for the Raiders back in the day, so I worked some Raiders-Steeler games. Mm. He just seems like a great leader of men. Exactly. What what is he like? What you know? Once you see him in the locker room, and you get to be around him on a daily basis. Yeah, man. So, uh, people. Uh, well, you can see a little bit on TV, obviously, but you know him. He's he's a people's person. You know, he's a he's a players person. You know, um, I've been a, like I said, I've been to Alabama, different organization where you know it's kind of more of business. And don't get me wrong, it's business too with the Steelers, especially with Mike T. But you know, he cares more about the the people's. It's more about you know the players. He's gonna spend time in the locker room, crack jokes. You know, dance around and stuff like that. He wants to. He dances around. Yeah, I got videos. Of, yeah. Hey, Mike T's actually a cool ass dude. He's like, you know, he has that that kid in him still. Yeah. You know, what I mean, he's and he's OG. an Ivy League guy. Yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. He's been around a long time, and he got kid himself, kids himself. So yeah. you know, they keep him, I guess, kind of hip to things. You know, music and stuff come on. So you know, his favorite music is walking the trap, take over the trap. So he'd be walking around playing that stuff, stuff, all that music. So you know, just to be around that type of guy is, is somebody you you know you really want to play for. He's a, he's, he's a great leader for us. You know. Yeah, I talk about a lot of young athletes during your time. You went through the COVID, COVID year, and it's so different, especially for baseball, how many of young baseball players lost a full year. Yeah. How your draft class coming out of Alabama, you know, I got to be around Josh Jacobs a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, Raiders and Alabama, great guy. But just thinking about your – you know, going through that process, hopefully we never have to do it again, but what was yeah. it? It wasn't normal what star college football players, the you know, the bowl game, the mm-hmm. draft stuff, it was all different because of COVID. All of it was different. So, you know, we was um, – I couldn't even go to California. You know, I, I couldn't even go back because at that time they were like, you know, it's not really safe to, like, go stay from, to fly, really. You had to be in the bubble, right? The bubble, yeah. exactly. So, like, I was staying in Alabama, in Tuscaloosa, and I was only time I got a train was on the field you know, by myself, we kind of grabbed some guys, some players, but, uh, you know, we was just, we couldn't do nothing with the team. So the approach to the season was extremely different and difficult in a way because, you know, the time that you had to learn the X's and O's of football, you really didn't have that no more. And, you know, obviously we've been playing all our life, but the game changes, you know, new, you know, the new offenses come out, new defenses come. So, you know, us as a team, the bonding, that time that we need, we didn't have that. So um, actually, because it, it was a great year, I chose to come back um, and, you know, we end up being undefeated, and I end up being one of the best teams in Alabama history, actually. Yeah. And we ended up winning a national championship, and we had the probably like our starting offense, probably all like six or seven first rounders. You know what I mean? Um, 
the you know but just us there the 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 the, the uncertainty of if we're going to have a season or not you know what i mean like you know us training and we're thinking like i hope we ain't doing this for no reason you know what i mean like all that stuff right there it kind of played a factor and um you know it was a lot of stuff going on too besides for was the george floyd thing i think that happened too around that time so you know it was it was a lot of stuff going on for us to as a team to come together you know because football is the ultimate team sport i feel like you know it's 11 people you all got to come and have the same mission you know for us to come together and all of us uh you know we we, we, we had a, a protest um, and, you know, we, we, we made uh, we made a change in that, you know, what I mean, especially being in Alabama, um, you know, and then we came and we did uh, um, we won the national championship. Um, that was a special year for me. That was a special year for everybody. And, and, and we had a Heisman winner, you know, what I mean, so, um, you know, it was it was it was a it was an interesting year. You know, what I mean, it was hard because of the covid and all that stuff going on. But, you know, for us to come together and be undefeated. And do all the stuff that we did. I think that's a special year right there. No doubt about yeah. it. And, and playing for someone like Nick Saban, you talk about the factory, right? It's like year after year after year. Yeah. What is it like playing for him? And it still seems like there is that special bond, especially the great players still have with him when they leave. Yeah, man. So I, I get, I tell this story a lot, but me and Saban was not good friends at first. You know, I mean, we kind of butted heads a lot. Um, but, you know, for me coming out there, um, you know, because everybody say, like, how the hell did you get to Alabama from, <laughs> you know Antioch. what I mean? From Antioch. You know what I mean? They're like, <laughs> it's two different worlds, you know. But so what opened the door really for California people to, to come in there was um, Tosh Lupo. He went to De La Salle. Um, and, you know, he got he, – he, he bounced around a lot, but then he got a job at Alabama. And, you know, me coming out, going to Antioch, um, you know, I made a name for myself where I was, like, one of the top – recruits yep. in the country you were like um, number one yeah, if i remember yeah, correctly exactly yeah so um you know he came in and you know got in contact with my coaches around my sophomore year and was like man like i'm trying to open the door from california to have these you know to to alabama you know because there's stigmatism there's a lot of people keep saying you know west coast boys can't play in a in the south you know because the pac-12 is more like um finesse you know what i mean yeah yes. but but football real real football nfl type stuff to get you ready is in the sec which you know i do agree on that so i'm a competitor um i came out there visited i see how they do things i train with the i was training with the uh the players you know um, um running with them in the morning i wake up at 6 a.m just to kind of get a feel of what their schedule is like um and and i liked it man um and i ended up going there um uh it was a actually interesting class it was me and then um who else came on tools with me yeah, um, me and him came in there was roommates, but you know, like I said, me and Saban didn't hit it off at first. You know, what I mean, it was kind of different. I don't think that he was used to California people. We kind of, we're kind of like, you know, we we don't hold stuff in a way. We kind of, you know, say what we feel. You know, what I mean, especially coming to the Bay Area. I mean, if you got something on your chest, I'm gonna say it. So you know, we kind of hit butt heads a minute, butt heads a minute, and it wasn't until like really my our junior year where we kind of understood each other in a way. You know, what I mean, we understood each other. He understood the type of player I was. I understood the type of coach he was. You know. I don't want to disrespect you by all means. You can coach me, but don't disrespect me. It's a difference, you know what I mean? So, um, man, other than that, we end up being real, really good friends, man. So I actually seen him after I left uh, my college year, and we it was the first time, I promise, first time ever, we just sat down, talked about no football, no nothing. We were just chopping it up, man, chopping it up, talking about, you know what I mean, the whole NIL stuff, talking about all this stuff. We were just chopping it up in his office one-on-one for like 20, 30 minutes, man. Um, so then I came back again, and then, you know, it's nothing. It's never about football now. It's about us now. You know what I mean? Like, how you doing? Like, how's how's my family? How's how's your how's your wife? You know what I mean? It's a it's a real good relationship, and I I think that's that's something that 
gets overseed by Coach Saban because it is all about business there, but he really do care about the players. You know what I mean? It's just he has a different way of doing it. You know what I mean? Mike T has a different way of doing it. They have a different way of doing you know, it. Everybody's different in their own ways. And, you know, the way Saban did it, you know what I mean, um, he just he just took a minute, you know what I mean? But, you know, I'm glad for the relationship. I learned a lot from him. Um, I really did. I really was able to jump in my rookie year and not really had to um, learn too much or nothing was too new really in a way because Coach Saban taught me it. Um, him as a coach, a guru, you know, he's one of the guys that, you know, really elevated my game. So, he, gets, yeah. he gets you ready for the league. Exactly. For, for all sure. his years being in the league. Yeah. Hey, I know you got to get out of here. I know you got to throw out the first pitch. I'll actually see you, Steelers, Raiders, Allegiant oh, Stadium this. Yeah, I will be there for this game. Now, remember, you think you want a, you want a four-seam fastball, okay. you mm-hmm. want a four-seam fastball, and you just let it go. Do not think about the game. Throw it through the catcher. Through the catcher. Through the catcher. Okay. You're throwing it through. Like you're running through a linebacker. Okay. Let it go, and you go right through him. I sound like a bet, man. That's a plan. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, we'll me. be rooting for you. Thank you, man. Great Thank stuff. You. This is a Bay Area great right here on yes, A's sir. Cast Live. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. Wow, we're already upsetting people. By the way, if you weren't able to watch that video and you're just listening, he's he was fabulous. If you got to watch us here in the treehouse, you realize he's a big dude. For uh, a running yes. back? Yeah. For a running back. Yes. Like Josh Jacobs, who was playing, who was a little older than him at Alabama, Raider. Not that big of a dude. That guy's a monster. Let's see how big Najee actually is. He's 6'3 at least. Uh, Najee Harris uh, is 6'1", it says. Well, I'm 5'9", so I just see. But 5'11 in the program, if you look back (laughs) in the day. Um, He's a big dude for running back. For running back? Um, Yeah, well, the way the – the way the the sport of football is evolving, these guys are getting bigger and bigger for these skill these skill positions. Oh, thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> uh, Jessica Kleinschmidt, that's when you go. Who uh, has weighed in? Joey Votto's a Hall of Famer. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't think you could say. I I said we think he's red zone. Oh. Red zone. With his 64-and-a-half war. He's not 70. 64 is like the, the, the low. He, 60 he, is the lowest. If he hit a little more, he'd for, be for sure well, in. If he actually got on the field, oh, well, that, yeah, shots fired. I mean, he's walking. I mean, seriously, if he doesn't walk, he's not even – what are we talking about? If he actually cared about hitting home runs like he did a few years ago, and he by might the be way, in. And by the way, I will hold this against him. He's played – has his whole career been in the Great American Band Box, or did he get any Three Rivers? Well, Three Rivers is Pittsburgh, so. I mean, Riverfront. <laughs> I, no, it's all Whatever been... Midwest dump you guys grew up going to. Uh, it, I grew up, to, I went to both. Um, actually, he, no, he played a, the Great American uh, Small Box, Band Box. See, you're telling me a guy that grew up in the most offensive 
ballpark or played his career in the most offensive ballpark, if you guys are going to crap on players who played in tough hitting ballparks, this guy played in the easiest hitting ballpark. Once again, I love Joey Votto as a guy. Once again, I said I think that interview he did, the Field of Dreams game at first base from the cornfield was phenomenal. I love the guy. I'm just saying your war is 64 and a half because all you did was walk and you didn't hit that much in that ballpark? Yeah. That ballpark? Give me his numbers again. If Jessica Kleinschmidt's going to come after me on my own right. show. So his war. Tell six, her to get her own show. 7,044 bats. He had a 64 and a half war. No, not dead. He has it. He's still active. Well, he's on the, I think he's still hurt right now. Yeah. 2,093 career hits. 342 home runs. He's got 2,000 hits. He's not even sniffing 3,000. A career 297 hitter. 1,106 runs batted in. And a career 145. How many, ha- many yaks? 342. He's not even the Reds' all-time leader. He's like 40-something behind Johnny Bench, though. He's walk- If he gets in, he walked his way to the Hall of Fame. Congratulations. How many walks is he? Not swinging see? got you into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Joey Votto in his career. How many gold gloves? Uh, hold on. Uh, he, has, he has 1,338 career walks. Um, he's won one gold glove, six-time All-Star. He's not even a premier defensive player. He's got more walks than RBIs? Uh, Is yes. that what you want? Is that really what you want? Well, there's there's another guy that's in this cat in this list that we can talk All right. about. All right. Joey so we'll, Votto for me, red zone. So here, we'll go over the in right now, according to Jason Stark. Mike Trout, Verlander, Kershaw, Scherzer, Miguel Cabrera, my guy Zach Granke, and Joey Votto. The next category fits in perfectly after Najee Harris in the red zone. Red zone. Steelers. Get uh, it? Like football, the red zone? Steelers are uh, very bad in the red zone. Oh, don't say that. We uh, might get mugged here for some Antioch people. Uh, well, I, I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm, the Ock. This Matt Canada doesn't call good plays. Anyway, um, so here's his in the red are zone. Are you a closet Steeler fan? I am a Steeler fan. Wow. I don't even know why we hired you. <laughs> I really don't. Every day I still scratch my head. Go ahead. Okay, in the red zone. Uh, Freddie Freeman. He's got a long way to go. Yeah. Uh, How old? Fred, Freddie Freeman's like barely 30, 30 right? No, he's over 30. He's like 33-ish. He's 33? Somewhere like that, yeah. Uh, uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Hold on. How can you even compare those two? How long has Freddie Freeman been playing baseball? How long has he been in the big leagues? Freddie, Free is, Freddie Freeman is 33. He'll be 34 in September. How many September. years? 10 years? Freeman's been in the league now for... 14 years. Wow, where have I been? Uh, here, here's, here's He's Fre- carrying my fantasy team, too. Here's Freddie's career numbers. Uh, 51.4 war. Not even close. Uh, 1,969 uh, hits. He's, he's only at 1,000. He's not even close. 301 home runs, a 299 batting average. How many home runs? 290, uh, 301. He's not even close. Uh, well, he's still got – that's why he's in the Are red we the zone. Hall of Good or the Hall of Fame? Yeah. He's not even close. Okay. Uh, red zone? Like, what part of the red – he's at the 20. Yeah, he's won one MVP, six-time All-Star, one gold glove, three-time Silver Slugger. He's not even – he's he's not even in the – he's not even – he, he's, he's at the very – I think he's at the 25. Oh, wow. What do they call that? What's the red – at the green zone? Do you do – you, or do you disagree? Uh, I think he. I think. Do I still have the standards of what the Hall of Fame should be, or are you guys just no, letting everybody in? I don't think he's a Hall of Famer right this I second. Mean, are we looking at Freddie Freeman as one of the greatest first basemen of all time? 
at this moment, no, but I think before his career is over, he could be up there. He's only 33. Now, if he ages poorly and he doesn't do anything else, we don't know. Which Votto did. Yeah, well, well yeah. Votto just walked. Yeah, he walked his way. He actually started hitting home runs when he got older. Like when he was like 37. All right, yeah. so next one. Um, this, one's, this one's interesting. Paul Goldschmidt. Finally got his MVP. Never won I, think Goldschmidt's got, I think Goldschmidt's going to get in. Yeah, a lot of RBIs. He's been a good hitter all those years. He's with been a fantastic run producer. Uh, Bryce Harper. Wait, I mean, come on. He's got a long way to go. Yeah, well, that's hey, Jason Stark's a Hall of Famer. So Hall of Famer's talking about Hall of Famer. I'm just saying, it's like. Actually, what are, what are. You should be talking about guys' Hall of Fame until like later on in their careers. Bryce Harper, his career in. How many years he, I mean. Harper's been in the league for 12 years. Yeah. He's only 30. Um, he has a 43.3 war, 14, he has 1,400 hits, 288 home runs, uh, 281 batting average, and a 143 career OPS plus. I would bet that Bryce Harper would be a Hall of Famer. It's just he's got a long way. He's got yeah. a lot, lot of time yeah. left. Uh, next one, Nolan Arenado. Yes. Yeah, over 1,000 Nolan RBIs. Nolan Arenado, by the way, is, is, is he – has he gotten there yet? I, th- uh, I thought he did. He's gotten to over 1,000 RBIs in 10 years. So you're looking at a third baseman that will easily have over 1,500 RBIs, and he's yeah, and one, he's got how many platinum gold gloves? Uh, 1,002 uh, RBIs, not, not platinum gold gloves. He has uh, six, platinum glo- uh, six platinum gloves, 10 gold gloves. He should. He's more of a no-brainer than Votto is. Oh, by the way, he's only 32. He's more of a no-brainer than Votto is. You're talking about literally one of the best defensive players to have ever played, and he's got exact amount of RBIs as Votto does, playing a corner position, and he's bar- he's played how many years? Uh, this is what a Hall of Famer is. He's played 11 years, but you know what everyone's going to say? Most of his career has played a course field. He's doing it in St. Louis, it's- and half his games were on the road. Yeah. That right there is my example of what is a Hall of Famer. This is a guy that's got the offensive numbers. He's got the D. He's got six platinum gold gloves to go with all the gold gloves. Ten, ten gold gloves. Ten gold gloves. Joey Votto has one gold glove. I mean, come on. That's what a Hall of Famer is. Take Votto out, and Nolan Arenado should be a no-brainer Hall of Famer. Okay, so here's the last two. Uh, Mookie Betts. Yeah, he'll be all of them. And your guy, Manny Machado. Okay, first of all, Manny Machado was not my guy. I despise Manny Machado. I want that on record. I think he's a bad dude. Uh, I, yeah, I think Manny Machado. I think, once again, these guys are, since we're playing the way too early game, yes, I think, no doubt, Harper, Machado, and Bryce Harper will all be Hall of Fame. There's a guy I think. That, sh- their, their, their career numbers will all be massive. There's a guy that should be on that list, but he's not on there, and he's in the Who? on a path. I'll t- hold on, we'll get there. Uh, first one. According to Jason Stark, on a path, Shohei Otani. Let's get back to him. That's a whole different thing. Aaron Judge, no doubt. The guy I on think, a path. The guy I think should be in the red zone right now, and I think he will be a Hall of Famer. Jose Altuve. Yes, Altuve will be a Hall yes. of Famer. Yes, he'll get three thousand yeah, hits. Yeah, I'm saying it. Even though we got a bunch of Astro honks in the building right now, a bunch of Astro hacks. He should be. He should be in the in the red in the red zone over. Altuve's going to have 3,000 hits. Yes. I mean, come on. Okay. And an MVP and multiple World Series and All-Star well, Games and everything. Well, this next one's easy. He's got to, He's like the third fastest guy to get to. But right, I think he's the third fastest guy to get to 2,000 strikeouts. That'd be Garrett Cole. 
I don't know about that. Only Chris Sale and uh, someone else got there faster. We are going to have to dramatically lower our pitching standards beyond. Like, we've lowered pitching standards. We're going to have to even have them lower than that. And once we get lower than that, you're going to be like, how is Kurt Schilling not in? That's a fair point. Right? There's going to be certain guys going, wait a minute, how is – I mean, CC Sabathia is going to be in. Yeah. Yes. Verlander going to get in. Yes. Cole uh, Grinky. Grinky. I mean, you put Wainwright in now. Oh, hold on, Wainwright's in the category. Hold oh on. my god. Uh, okay, two more left in the on a path category. Uh, your guy, Juan Soto. Uh, He's walking his way in. Walking his way in. And then uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. He's got so far to go. How old is right? Like twenty. 20- 24, 25. We're talking about guys under 30 being Hall of Famers already? That's yeah. ridiculous. All right, so that's on a path. But Acuna, I mean, obviously he's got all the skill in the world. Then, then you have the – Put it this way. Ronald Acuna right now, unfortunately, something happens to him. He never plays again. He's not a Hall of Famer. No, I agree. Then there's the wish there was a path. Jacob DeGrom and Adam Wainwright. You put DeGrom in, I'll never go to the Hall of Fame again. Uh, Adam Wainwright's in that category, oh, too. No. Wainwright is not a Hall of Famer. He's five. I think he's – how many – he, he was – coming in the year, he's five away from 200 wins. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, I'm sorry, I haven't watched Wainwright a lot of Cardinal games. Wainwright is not a Hall of Famer. I, I, I wouldn't even look at his plaque if it was up. Get back to me in five years. Vladimir Guerrero, Jr. All right, that's fair. Wander Franco. Oh, totally fair. Yeah. Then the used to be in the red zone category, Craig Kimbrell. Out. If you're not putting K-Rod or Billy Wagner in. Out. I'm not putting him in. Kenley Out. Jansen. Just got his 400 save. And Kimbrell's close, too. Yeah, Kimbrell's like, like three away or something. Yeah, but I don't know if you've been watching the metrics, but uh, he's back to throwing that cutter. At, yeah, like 98. Yeah. Stanley Jansen's back. Yeah. So this 400's not over. I could see, I could, would you say out, out of the path? Used to be in, used to be in the red zone. As of right now, I'm saying he's getting back in. Oh, he's close. He's at the 22. He's at the 20, he's at the 25. Yeah. Okay. Chris Sale. Out. Evan Longoria. Out. God. This guy, the last guy. I'm almost going to throw my drink at you for saying Evan Longoria in the Hall of Fame. The last guy was on a path, and he got hurt, and he's kind of declined. Andrew McCutcheon. No. Well, yeah. Hall of very good. I agree. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Pirates Hall of Famer. You know it's sad? How many of those guys are on my fantasy team right now? Wander. I got Kutch. Yeah. Kutch is 36. Why, why, why do you put him in your starting lineup for? He's um, actually not doing bad. All right. And then there's one less, one less, uh, one category left. Case not closed. Uh, Jose Ramirez, I'd say he's on a nice track. How is he? I would say he's red zone. Yeah, look, he, that guy's a great player. How is Jose Ramirez not red zone? Jose Ramirez. Premier switch hitter in his game. Good he's, defender. He's a 41.6 career war. Uh, 198 home runs. He only has 1,200 career hits. Um, 278 career hitter, 129 career OPS plus, and he's played in 11 years. His career accolades, four-time All-Star, four-time Silver Slugger. Uh, I think he's I think he's on a runway. Yeah. Ready to go. Oh, I, you think he's on the tarmac with yeah. Lane? or With Lane Kiffin yeah. getting fired? No. <laughs> Who else you got? JT Real Muto. 
Catchers are different. Yeah, there's not very many catchers in the Hall of Fame. Correct. Catchers and third basemen not represented very well in the well, Hall of Fame. By the way, a guy, a guy that uh, that went, just went into the Bay Area Hall of Fame yesterday, and everyone goes, future Hall of Famer. Got his leg destroyed 11 years ago on the date yesterday. That'd be the great Buster Posey. Oh, you're hating on Posey again, huh? Uh, but we're going to put him in. You better put Joe Maurer in. By the way. Last one's Carlos Correa, by the way. No. Yeah, I don't think so either. He's no hurt way. again. Yeah, he's already hurt. Plantar fasciitis. Uh, how many how many RBIs did my grandfather have? Was it 12, 1,255 or 1,250? So you want The great Bob Elliott my, had. My grandfather who won an MVP. 1,195. 1,195. He's got more RBIs than Votto. That's correct. My grandfather was the Wheaties guy. My grandfather made more All-Star games than Votto. There wasn't gold gloves then, so you can't say gold gloves. He was a terrific defender. They didn't have gold gloves. Yeah, seven-time All-Star, your grandfather was well. My grandfather was a seven-time All-Star, MVP, more RBIs than Votto. And Jessica Kleinschmidt says, he's a no-brainer? Well, maybe Jessica Kleinschmidt should do some history and see if my grandfather's a no-brainer. I I think we covered everyone that's playing right. Did we forget anybody currently playing that should or could be on a Hall of Fame What about Alex Bregman, who's here? What, him and his... Hold on. 219 batting average on the year. You don't think Breggy's had an established career? Yeah, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, though. He's got a long way to go. He's a young man. I think if you're looking at someone like him, then you got to look at who are we disagreeing about. Uh, I mean, I think he's had a nice – I will say, yes, he's had a great two World Series championships. All those, a lot of these guys – a lot of playoff games. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at my hand. Oh, we didn't get to Otani. Oh. Before we get to Kotze. I don't know if Otani will ever have the volume numbers, but his greatness might put him in a class of, like, Sandy Koufax. Yeah, that's right. Like, fair. his greatness will get him in. That's why, you, that's why I wanted to leave Otani last, because Otani's greatness may not have, like, we don't know how long he's going to last. We don't know. We don't know what the – when we're sitting here, what are we saying? How many home runs? How many RBIs? How many this? How many, you know, how many strikeouts? He may not have numbers that you say are Hall of Fame numbers, but his greatness of what he's done could make him a no-brainer first ballot Hall of Famer and and a unanimous. Yeah, I think, I think, the, I, I think he more or less There might be the some jerk who goes, all right, you know, he didn't you – know, I, didn't, uh, I, I think I knew the guy. Same guy to vote for Jeter. I just – I don't know how – I mean, now if Otani got hurt right now, he's not a Hall of Famer. Agreed. We've got to see this for X amount of years. Uh, Otani right now, I don't know if they'll count both of his wars. They'd only bring up, like, one on baseball reference. But his career war as a hitter, he's 20, 27 and a half already. That's what it is? I mean, he does have 100 – maybe that's both. Anyway, 20, 28 war. I don't know if – I'd have to break down to I mean, to get – get, I mean, who knows? He plays a long time. It's, it's – it's, it's, if he plays at a high level for a long time and puts up crazy numbers, it's a no-brainer. I think it's going to be a no-brainer anyway. I think he's such a historical figure that Shohei Otani, no matter what the numbers, you're just going to go what, what he means in the history of the game and his greatness. Kind of like you look at Koufax's numbers – the totality of them don't say Hall of Famer, but his greatness, I, I think it'll be like Koufax 
what he's done in the history of the game and how great he has been, you'll be like, yep, I'm voting for him. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? Hopefully by the time Shohei Otani, I mean, this is years from now, it's not going to be the writers voting. They're uh, going to have to change the system. We don't have baseball writers. We hardly have a writer covering our team. That's true. We have, we, I mean, the San Francisco Giants. We're a major market. They they just got, how many writers they even have covering the Astros, and they're, a, they're the World Series champion? Yeah, well, I think three maybe that I, I know of. I mean, we're running out of writers. Yeah. It's now bloggers. It's like, I think. At some point, we're going to revamp how we vote for the Baseball Hall of Fame. They'll have to do that. And then I think that cer- certain guys will be historically no-brainer. We got to go? Yeah, so get the Kotze. All righty, earlier today in the office. By the way, we are 1-0. 1-0 when doing the Mark Kotze show in his office. That's, that's correct. Well, by the way, we'll be back Tuesday for Ace Cast Live. We need Tuesday. Monday's Memorial Day. We have the day off? Executive decision. I'm taking the day off. Oh, you know who doesn't have the day off? Me. I'm working. Anybody else work every game so far this season? I don't think so, no. Ken Korak? No. Vince Catronio? Uh, no. Johnny D? Actually, Vince might have. No, Vince hasn't. Johnny D? No. Dallas? No. no. I've worked every game. I'll be here Memorial Day. <laughs> You know what? Ace Cast Live, we are Memorial Day. I'll do it from my phone by myself. But Tuesday, real quick, yeah. we'll have David Force and Ron Washington on with us so far. Maybe we should go down the Hall of Fame list with David Force, see what he thinks. We'll have to save that, see what he thinks. He, may, he might call Votto a walking hack. <laughs> I think he likes walks, though. Yeah, true. I think He, he gets on base. He gets on <laughs> base. Joey Votto's a great player. I do, you know what? If I had to bet, I would say he does get in. Uh, I, I'm with you. I think he does, too, because you know why? I'm still, I am still not stopping by Scott Rowland's plaque. I'm walking right by it to go to Hank Aaron and then to Ted Williams. He gets on base. I'm walking right by Scott Rowland to go see George Brett, Mike Schmidt, and Tony Gwynn. Yeah. We- I'm not even stopping by. If I make the trip to Cooperstown, I'm not even stopping by Scott Rowland's plaque. I won't even look at it. I can't, I, I, I'm never going to book him. The Hall of Good. <laughs> it's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Good. No offense to Scott yeah. Rowland and his family, yeah. by the way. <laughs> it's just jokes. It's just jokes. Yeah. All right. Are we? Do I need to start doing it? Yeah. Here is the Mark Kotze Show. Time now for the Mark Kotze Show, brought to you by Nest Bedding. Check out their locations in the Bay Area, or you go to nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep for your mattress, your pillows, your sheets, you name it. Go to nestbedding.com, sponsor of the Mark Kotze Show. And I know for you, after a long road trip, always nice to get on that Nest Bedding bed when you get back home. <laughs> it was, you know, about 1.30 a.m. last night, or this morning, I should say. Uh, returned home from Seattle. You know, they're, they're great at always giving those day games on the getaways. So oh. that they make sure that you get home early. That's unbelievable. <laughs> it's pretty tough. Because we always play the day games for teams. We do. We have. It's, uh, uh, it's just a... Common courtesy to a certain extent to uh, to get guys you know out of the cities and back home for uh, uh, you know preparation for the next day. But uh, hey, it is what it is, and uh, you know we're here. It's Friday, and we got a chance to beat the Astros. You know, it's one of those situations that everybody knows. You know, you've lost eight straight. It was a tough road trip, but you know, in our business, you can't hang your head. It's like you've got to be ready to go today. 
How much do you go around? Like we get back here, as you said, it was probably a uh, tough night's sleep for a lot of guys, but you come back in here, it's start of a homestand, say, let's go. The Astros are in town, time to get after it. Yeah, there, there's definitely no time to, to, to feel sorry for yourselves after coming off a road trip where you, uh, you know, had a chance to, to play two division opponents and, and, you know, show them, you know, what type of team we were or we are. And, uh, you know, yesterday's game was a reflection of, of these guys, you know, continuing to battle and continuing to compete. Uh, and, and we're just falling short right now. We're, we're falling short, you know, from the offensive side, from the pitching side. Um, it seems that when we, we hit, we don't pitch well. And when we pitch, we don't hit well. And, uh, you know, it's, it, again, the message yesterday and talking to the team was, uh, there's still four months ahead of us. We mm -hmm. haven't reached Memorial day. I know you and I were talking about that. Um, you know, and we still have time. We still have time to change the script. There's still a lot of time for growth. There is, there is a lot of time for growth. We have some of our young, younger players here that are, are performing. You know, you look at, uh, uh, you know, the, the year he's having right now, um, you know, is one that we can we can talk about. The kid is, uh, you know, first year, full season in the big leagues and leading the league in stolen bases. Is it weird? I know it kind of is all these years being in the game that we're now talking about a guy on pace for over 80 stolen bases in a season because we just haven't seen it in so long. No, we haven't. And, uh, you know, it's great. I got an email um, first of last week. And it talked about having Ricky Henderson come around. And Ricky hasn't been around since COVID. Um, and it's exciting to get him back in this clubhouse, to get him back around Ruiz. Mm -hmm. uh, I know he'll be excited to talk to the kid, uh, share some knowledge. And it'll just be great to have Ricky, uh, you know, back inside this clubhouse and mentoring some of these young guys. Now, what's the conversation's been like with him? Is it a, you get on first, it's green light, you can go when you want to go? Absolutely. Um, you know, he has a knack for, for stealing bases. The instincts are there. He reads pitchers well. Um, you know, again, I think he's been thrown out three, three times this year in his attempts, um, all of which were modified pitch outs. So, you know, the only thing we've talked to him about in, in terms of during that stretch, teams were starting to pitch out 0-1 or 1-0. So, hey, let's, let's pick a different count. Let's, let's make sure, uh, you know, maybe we start running in, in – uh, counts that, that favor the hitter, the 2-0 counts, the 2-1 counts, you know, so they're less likely to pitch out on him, and, and he's done a great job with that. You know, when I start to think about the team and, and growth of the team, you know, good to have Seth Brown back because, you know, he's a guy that drafted by the A's, grew up in the organization, understand kind of the A's way, and to have him gone with that oblique, and especially this was supposed to be a big year for him, just talk about getting him back, and, and that is something, you know, a, a leader back in your clubhouse. No, it's great to have his presence. And, and again, you, you described him very well. He's been a part of the processes here that have had success. Uh, he knows what it means and what it takes to, to be an Oakland athletic. And, uh, you know, I think he can help. It's always difficult when you're on the injured list to, to feel like you can go lead because you're not out there every day. And I think now that he's back, I think you're going to feel – um, or see Seth take more of a leadership role um, on and off the field. That makes it also interesting for your outfield because we know Ruiz is going to play center. You got left field, you got right field, DH. You know, you start looking at Rooker, you look at Loriano. Now you got Brown back in the mix. JJ Blade, you want to see you get at bats. How do you start to work the outfield with the DH position? Yeah, I think, you know, again, last night we, we went with the lefties last night. 
uh, in Seattle. And tonight, Ramon's getting a start out in right field. Rooker's going to DH. Uh, the matchups, you know, at this point, uh, Hunter Brown is a is a right-handed pitcher that that has some reverse splits to it. So we're looking at all of the numbers and the data to kind of try to give them the best chance for success. And uh, you know, we'll utilize that DH role as well to to kind of help um, you know get these guys uh, in the lineup and uh, and not sitting for a long period of time. You know, Rooker got off to such a hard hot start; it was phenomenal. But then, you know, the book gets out on you, the league adjusts to you. You got to adjust back to the league. It's a long season. Have you given him any advice about how to get him back on track the way he was playing in the first month? You know, it, it is difficult, like you said. You know, you you can't sustain a, a twelve hundred, you know, no. OPS. So <laughs> well, you can, but you're gonna be in the Hall of Fame. You would be in the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, and and so I think yes, he's come back. Um, you know, the comments you come back to earth a little bit, but at the same point, you know, Rook, the foundation's there. Um, you know, the swing path's great. He just, like you said, is getting pitched a little bit differently. Um, he's got to make that adjustment, and we're looking for that adjustment. Um, you know, and I think having Brownie behind him now in the lineup uh, will help him as well. You know, talk about a bright spot for your team and, and kind of highlight your coaching staff is your defense has been far better lately. Yeah, the defensive component has been better. Um, you know, we, we put a lot of emphasis on going out and putting the work in. It's a concentration thing, really. Defense comes down to the concentration aspect of things. And, you know, last night in the game, uh, probably the best play of the game was one that appeared to be, um, you know, a ball that was misplayed by Nick Allen. But if you think through this play and if you're watching and you watched last night, yeah. um, you know, uh, Caballero was on first in the eighth inning with one out. He's a pretty good base runner. He will still bases. Pop up to short. Ty France is the one who hit it. Nick Allen lets the ball drop. It looks like he misplayed it, but he let it drop. And he let it drop to get Caballero off first base. The next hitter, Julio Rodriguez, hits the ball in the right center gap. Caballero scores if he's on first. Ty France gets held at third. We still got another opportunity uh, to, to close out that inning. Unfortunately, we didn't get it done. Um, but really just those are the type of things that we're talking about, the details to the game. You know, we had a long meeting yesterday. Um, you know, the biggest thing is is the ally is time. And the second thing is the details to the game. And it's taking every pitch and trying to win every pitch. And when you win every pitch, you can win every at-bat. When you start winning the at-bats, then you can start winning the innings. And when you start winning the innings, then we can start winning games. So really that's the message. And, uh, you know, these guys, they, they're grinding. Um, we acknowledged where we're at. That's the first part of this process is acknowledging where you're at. And uh, no one's ever been here before. Uh, no team has really in the in modern history of baseball been where we're at. Um, you know, but it's going to take the group in there to get us back and get us out of it. And, and it's staying together and sticking with the processes that, uh, you know, we need to do some things differently. Um, we're going to start seeing probably more openers in this process. Um, to get these starters, you know, off the top of the lineup to come out. And, uh, you know, but obviously we know where we're at. We've recognized it, and, and we're going to do everything we can to, to change the script. I like that idea. And one, one thing that I brought up, and we haven't seen it yet, and we'll find out, and I've done it in the postgame show, is you got to find a role for Fuji right now. I don't know what it is long term. Could we see Fuji as an opener? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Everyone in the pin is an option right now. I think, um, you know, as, you, as you've seen, like, there's no uh, solidified closer role. There's, there's no one down in that bullpen right now that has any experience in it. 
Um, but we're going to definitely, um, you know, start doing things differently um, and start trying things um, because what we've done so far to this point, uh, you know, we haven't had success with. So with pitching, obviously, it, the numbers speak for themselves. But talk us through when you have a good outing going like J.P. Sears, there's the moment where you're thinking about J.P. Sears long-term, learning to pitch deep into games, yet you're saying, I, I, I want to get this win right now. How tough is it when you got 59 pitches and a young pitcher pitching the way he was? How tough was it to take him out? No, it's, it's really difficult. It's really difficult. But the lack of success on the, from the starting rotation – you know, the lack of wins in terms of, uh, you know, just the results um, can impact that decision. But also when you're when you're watching a young pitcher, you're also evaluating the quality of contact uh, during the course of the game. And, and there was some quality contact early. Some balls hit at some guys. Uh, you know, France had homered off him. Uh, really, you, you want him walking off that mound feeling good about the five innings he threw, and he did. Um, you know, and we understand it's going to take a team effort to win games. Um, you know, so uh, you're balancing the growth of a pitcher, a young pitcher, um, and, and, you know, allowing him to, to have success, to feel good about his outing and, uh, and to, to do your best to match up uh, with the bullpen for, you know, 12 outs. You know, a lot of people need to understand, and let's end on this, when, when you talk about your starting staff, what we were talking about at spring training, where you had two veteran guys leading you off who both throw strikes and Blackburn and Rusinski. Obviously, Rusinski with the hamstring problems. Now he's got the illness. Blackburn with the finger and the fingernail. So the two veteran guys to give you innings and throw strikes have never really been here for you on a consistent basis. Paul Blackburn now coming back. What's that going to mean for you and your starting rotation? I mean, the guy was the all-star last year. He was. He had a great first half run until injury kind of shut him down. And, and uh, you know, unfortunately for Paul, um, you know, the year hasn't begun the way he's wanted it as well. Um, and so getting him back here, I think, will help. It'll boost this rotation. It'll, it'll help those guys down there, um, you know, getting him into the starting rotation and allowing him to pitch. Uh, you know, hopefully uh, he gets off to a good start and uh, and we can get Paul having the same amount of success that he had in the first half last year, uh, which will really help the staff. And, you know, getting back to the getting back to that fifth inning, sixth inning, third time through, if you're looking league wide, you know, which I did last night and you look at, you know, a guy like Blake Snell who gets five innings and gets pulled. Uh, it, it's happening around the league and it's not just happening here. Or if, you know, if you're looking from that standpoint, um, you know, uh, the game and the data, it, it has changed the starting pitching mentality and, and how you utilize them. But, um, you know, we've left JP in games before and he's, you know, gone through six and had success. So we're doing our best to, to again, manage that workload from these young starters because they really haven't made 25, 30 starts in, in a season as well. That's going to be interesting when we start hitting August and September, no question about it. Most importantly, though, enjoy the day off. Enjoy the graduation of your daughter from high school. You're going to have two, you're going to have two USC Trojans coming up here. Big day for the Katze family. Yeah, it really is. Uh, excited about it. You know, tomorrow, uh, it's not a, never a day off. I'll still have my phone and still be on Game Changer and still be watching this uh, from afar. But i um, looking forward to, to celebrating my daughter and her accomplishments and uh, being with family tomorrow. Yeah.
One, you got one, one left then, huh? I do. I have a young man that's still there. Yeah, still in high school and still grinding. Well, congratulations to the family. Thanks. Thank you. That's the Mark Kotze Show brought to you by Nest Bedding. Check out their locations in the Bay Area or you go to nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep for your mattress, your pillows, your bedding, you name it. You go to nestbedding.com, the sponsor of the Mark Kotze Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.